curse be killed since if you're listening one person's mission to force her friend to listen to all the music he avoided in high school it's ramsey your good friend <laughs> it's heather i don't know your medium friend probably if we're being honest <laughs> <laughs> how are you ramsey uh pretty good i am sitting at my desk mm-hmm, mm-hmm. talking into a microphone yeah we're doing that a lot more these days huh Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You hosted a trivia for us this week, which oh, yeah. uh, was also you sitting in your room at a desk. Though I guess you didn't have a microphone. I was actually standing the entire time. Why did you stand? Uh, I feel like that's what a host should do. Oh, okay. Yeah, Ramsey put together a trivia for our friends and uh, even me. Well, you just used the HQ background, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yeah, and hosted a whole trivia night for us on Zoom. Yep, was, I think I'm going to do like a bigger version of it now that I see that it, how it can work. We're the test group. Yeah. That's fine. It worked pretty well, actually. So, you know, good job. Hey, thanks. Uh, even though I fucking lost. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Not bitter. <laughs> um, we have a guest today. Speaking of friends. <laughs> oh, that was a better segue. <laughs> mine, mine wasn't a segue, so that's why. No, it's it just a declaration. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, with us today, from the other coast of America, comedy writer, awesome dude, the only person I've married, Matt Muscoviak. <laughs> hello, hello. Hello. Ramsey, it, the way you introduced me, it sounds like we're married, I think. Yeah, I refuse to clarify. <laughs> it does. Uh, we are not married. <laughs> that was a really long pause. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be news well, to a lot of people that we're the only people that uh, you've married. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, certainly my wife. Yep. We're about to take this news well. Also yeah. my wife. Uh, <laughs> Fair. I Welcome think they can the figure show. it out. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Sorry that Ramsey's immediately abusing you, but clearly you're already accustomed to that. <laughs> this is just our relationship. Thank yeah. you for having me. Uh <laughs> How's uh, quarantine life on uh, the other coast? Uh, pretty much the same. Also uh, sitting at a desk, uh, talking into my mm-hmm. laptop rather than a mic, but basically the same oh, thing. That's <laughs> how they do it over in uh, California. That's true. That's true. <laughs> they don't have microphones there yet. <laughs> Definitely not. There are no podcast space in LA. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't think of one. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> Um, well, welcome. So, Matt, uh, I know you were given ample heads up and time <laughs> to pick an album uh, before recording. Thanks, Heather. Um, I'm not at all dragging Ramsey. Uh, so, Matt, do you want to tell Ramsey and the listeners what album you are bringing to us today? Sure. So, yeah, what I did to, to pick this, because I uh, it was something that I was into in high school, and I was like, uh... I was either going to pick something that I thought I was into high school or I was going to look through my actual CDs to see what I was really listening to, not through the rose tinted glasses. Um, yeah. But yeah, but this is, this is an album that I think is uh, still fun to listen to Supergrass's in it for the money. Uh, I think that's a perfect way to do it because yeah, uh, there, there is, uh, I mean, as someone who has now hosted, I don't know how many episodes of this podcast we are at right now, but uh uh, almost 150. I feel like mm-hmm. there are, there's, you know, 
audio proof of us going back and listening to albums that I thought I was like, oh my God, I was so into that. And then I'm like, I know three songs off of this. Like, I don't know what <laughs> lens in which I thought I like loved this album when I was a teenager, but um, I know nothing about this band. So can you give us a little <laughs> intro to who this band is and how you got into them? Yes. Uh, and let, yeah, part of the reason I picked it was because I can distinctly remember uh, when I got into this band, which was when it was, we got M2, MTV's all uh-huh. music uh, channel. When we, that channel like first launched, it was one of the first early music videos that I saw. And I was like, oh, this is something that I'm not hearing on the radio. I don't know who the hell this is. I went out and got the record and I was like, this is great. I love it. Um, is that it. different from MTV2 or it was initially called M2? I think it was just initially called M2. But yeah, mm. they're they're like a Britpop band. This is their uh, second record. Um, they, I would say, like, they do kind of follow in the, like, uh, trying to be, like, the next kind of Beatles uh, small British group in that mm-hmm. they, like, started on Parlophone Records and then their records oh. were uh, distributed by Capital in the U.S. Uh, so there's kind of a pretty direct line. Uh, <laughs> That's sure. very direct. That's a very specific <laughs> play out of the playbook. Uh, and they also, I, I think part of the reason why I was attracted to them, like the music video is like, it's very like fun and funny. They're kind of all like jumping on pogo sticks, uh, okay. like in tune to the music. Uh, so they, they're they also carrying on that tradition of like not taking themselves too seriously. It's, it's you're supposed to have fun when you listen that to Super Press. Yeah. Sounds very difficult. <laughs> Just on pogo sticks to the beat of the music. I'm impressed. <laughs> I have two quick follow-up questions for you matt yes uh i know that you have moved across the country from new york Mm -hmm. to la uh and finding out that you brought your cd collection along with you i'm curious how big it is so i did that thing where you know i threw away all of the like jewel cases and stuff so i just yeah so i just have them in these like big leather albums uh that makes sense probably like two of them and i bet they each hold probably like a hundred or so CDs. Um, but yeah, it is weird looking through it. Cause you're like, Oh, these are CDs I bought. These are CDRs that I burned probably from <laughs> Nap- like Napster at some point. Like, so it's a real hodgepodge of, of stuff that I still have and never listen to anymore. Do you have, okay. So I actually recently ran into that. Do you have a way to listen to them? Cause I realized I have no means by which to play a CD anymore. I think the only way I could listen to a CD is if I put it in my PlayStation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sounds so not pleasurable. No, not yeah. at all. Just how they intended you to listen to That's music right. through your TV speakers via a PlayStation. <laughs> um, I know one. Oh, sorry, Heather. No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. I, I know one Supergrass song. Okay. And I'm wondering if it's. It feels like pogo sticks could go well with it. I, uh, I know we are young. Yes, that's not on this album. So okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, should we play this album? Uh, show me that album art, oh. and then I'll click the link you sent me. God bless. I keep forgetting this step of our podcast now that we're remote. Uh, okay. So I'm looking at the album cover. Hmm. When did this come out? I, I could guess many different decades for this. Uh, I believe it's 1997. Okay. Yeah, yes. that's correct. 
It's a very seventies font. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's three lovable lads outside, looking very like lovable. a <laughs> <they're> <laughs> like busking with a stand up bass, uh-huh. a acoustic guitar with no strap. It looks like. Just hold uh, on. Just hold on. Gotta be ready to be on the move. You can see it's kind of sliding down his leg. They're just posing. (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, Noel Fielding here singing. I don't know what that means. Who's that? (laughs) British comedian that that guy looks like. Okay, cool. I got it now. (laughs) Uh, I like the cover. It's right to the point. You're going to hear music on this album. Mm -hmm. Are are we going to hear all of these instruments? Are we going to hear an upright bass on this album? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I'm trying to, to, to remember all of uh, every song on it, and I can't say that it's not on there, but that's not <laughs> my memory. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, well, I I get... Because you put like the attempting to be the Beatles idea in my head, uh, it just looks like three oasises to me. <laughs> but, so I think that's like an interesting way to get into this, because it was like I – was also listening to Oasis at this time. Okay. Uh, and, uh, but like very quickly, you kind of figure out that like Oasis is not cool. And I, <laughs> you're, <laughs> like, you're like, oh, uh, the Be- they're trying to be the Beatles. I didn't really know who the Beatles were. And then I found this group and I was just like, oh, this is, I guess, kind of the cooler way to do what Oasis had done. Interesting. Uh Okay. All right. I'm interested. I because I do like Oasis. I do like mm-hmm. the Beatles, and so I am interested in what this is because I have, uh, yeah, I have no preconceived notion. Obviously. Um. All right. Should we get into this? I'm ready. Let's do it. Um. I'm realizing now as I'm pushing play, it says it's two discs. What? How is that even? Oh, two different CDs. I think it was just one. I only had one disc. Are there bonus okay. tracks? It's like a release. I think, I think it's a bonus. Yeah, I think I'll it's find a bonus. out. I'll find out. Spooky. It's a limited edition CD bonus. Okay, we got there. It's just listed on Spotify. Crazy. <laughs> Slow build here. Mm-hmm. I think we can go a little louder, Heather. Okay. <laughs> How's that? Better. Cool. I think because I only know the one song, I was not expecting so many minor chords. <laughs> Interesting. I also just like think I'm thrown off slightly by the fact that I mean, well, I obviously I've heard a whole minute, but um, of them being kind of like funny. Because I was like, this is right. I feel like everything from 1997 has that very specific 97 sound. I was just thinking that it does sound very 1990s. Uh, not in a bad way, it's just like... 
I don't I don't know what it is. It's like the vocal tone almost. Yeah. Like And the yeah. guitars are the guitars are very loud in a specific way. Yeah. Are those horns or a keyboard? I can't tell. Those, those are horns. Wow. So you said this was their first or their second album? I'm sorry. Yeah, second album. And I would say this was like their first album was like pretty small, especially in the US. But, um, okay. but this broke reasonably big. Okay. It, this is definitely more sweeping a sound than I was expecting. From those uh, three bruskers. Buskers? Buskers. <laughs> Take that R out. But, yeah, it doesn't sound like they're playing outside a barn in the cold. <laughs> yeah. No, not getting that vibe. I assume at this point they've already done their stint playing in bars in Germany. Exactly, yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> this does sound very um, more in line with like this song. At least sounds more in line with like Oasis to me for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, especially once the vocals kicked in, I got more of that. Yeah. Is this the, is this a breakdown of the same song or a different song? Uh, this is the second song. The first one okay. was In It For The Money, and this is Richard Third. Or, I mean, maybe it's Richard Three, but I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> They're British. It's definitely Richard III. That's, yeah, that's... Yeah. It's Richard I. A... <laughs> <laughs> Probably a Shakespeare play. I feel pretty confident saying that. That Richard the Third is a Shakespeare play. I mean, also a person, but yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. This is kind of like a sideways question, but like, it's so weird when you listen to stuff in 1997. You were at like this sounds like 1997. Oh yeah. And I have, and I have no idea what that's going to sound like for right now. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I um. This is a. Uh, I don't know. It's going to out me for being a dweeb, I think. But uh, I was watching this video on TikTok the other day of a guy that was like, this is how you just sound like the Black Eyed Peas. And he literally Mm -hmm. just like showed how you get that sound, which is not the current era, obviously. But I think that would be, it's definitely going to be some sort of computer generated sound, I feel like, though. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's, I think the easiest way now is to track the hip hop trends. Mm-hmm. Uh, like using a, a sample with sped up vocals. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like if you were doing like a like Stranger Things that's evocative of 2020. Like, what does mm-hmm. your soundtrack yeah. sound like? Totally. We're too close to it. It's true. Yeah, because it's also too. I do. Like, is that sound defined later because of the things that 
like that lasted. Really the pop because it's also like there was also so much less music mm-hmm. before now. Like you know, in obviously the seventies and eighties and even the nineties, obviously it was much harder to actually produce music. So now it's like. I also wonder if that'll be a harder thing to pinpoint just because there's so much music now. I don't know. And there's like less mass culture in a way. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's, it's definitely true. There's so everything is much more niche than it would have ever been prior. (laughs) I, I just love a song that starts with, Hey, we're going to a party. <laughs> no? I mean, I love a party. I miss parties. That's true. Loving these horns. There are more horns than I had in my memory <laughs> listening to this. <laughs> We've done more than a couple Scott albums on this show. Yeah. So it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting to hear like the different uses of horns too. Yeah. I feel like I'll have whole days where I forget that ska was a big part of the musical landscape. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to break it to you again. <laughs> Uh, comedian John Glazer, who I know Matt's familiar with, mm-hmm. uh, has been doing a thing where he's been just washing dishes live on Instagram. <laughs> and it's kind of fun to check in. Uh, Mo and I, friend of the show Mo, will watch uh, just to see like what the soundtrack is. Yeah. Uh-huh. And recently he was just listening to like real classic era Trojan Records ska. You know? Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I totally tuned into a few of those as well. They're very few things. Yeah. It was funny, like the other day I was walking around and having one of those moments where it's like, everything feels strange and looks different. Uh, And right when I was having that moment, some dude like drove by listening to Led Zeppelin's physical graffiti. And I was like, oh, oh some things are exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> that man was not wearing a mask. Uh, <laughs> that feels right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before, uh, spoiler alert, we recorded an episode before this. Um, in that episode, I kept freaking out because an ice cream. <laughs> I didn't think about it until just now. Does that mean that ice cream trucks are an essential service? It's a whole thing. I Googled it. They're, I don't know. I guess they're allowed. Seems insane to me, but sure. Yeah, Are you going to be an ice cream cop? <laughs> no, I'm not going to be an ice cream cop. I'm not a narc. But <laughs> honestly, if they just didn't park and play their music, I would not give a shit. I think you could throw an ice cream, uh, ice, ice cream six feet if you had to. Well, and they're also in packages. Right. They hand it. They, it's not like they're scooping ice cream out of the, these ice cream trucks. 
I haven't heard any lyrics to this song yet, or been able to make out any of the words, but I can tell it's not about a party. That's no. true. This one seems sad. <laughs> oh, well, 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 you're in for a surprise, because this is the Pogo Stick song. Oh. <laughs> what? Did not see that coming. This beat feels really hard to bounce to a Pogo Stick with. <laughs> Oh, here we go. Ooh, okay. Ah. Still feels slow to focus, stick too. <laughs> no, this feels right to me. Kachunk, kachunk. It's a very kachunk, kachunk feeling, yeah. I'm bobbing my head in the t- to the tempo that I would be bouncing on a pogo stick. <laughs> Um, what is this Pogo Stick song about? I wish that I knew. Uh, I mean, I think it's vaguely about being like sad at the end of the day. Okay. Uh, I'm also looking it up while I ask you this question for the record. I'm not that yeah. big of a jerk to put you <laughs> that much on the spot. <laughs> yeah, I feel like at this point uh, in my music listening, uh, life i was like not super into like getting into the lyrics that's something yeah. that came later uh I, i'm the same way a lot of that was like really sitting with the liner notes and listening to an album front mm-hmm. to back over and over again i do feel like i kind of like absorb albums a little less because i don't have that like liner note absorption totally Uh, agree and i wish there was something like that on spotify i mean they do it a little bit now where you can kind of like follow the lyrics on some things in the video format but i would need an option that shuts my computer down also (laughs) yeah blocks twitter (laughs) yeah um is that a airman or just synth I'm not sure. It feels like it could be both. I guess it's probably a synth, though. I think so. Um, and Matt, you were right. It's literally just about sitting around at the end of the day missing someone. Literally <laughs> 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 I just read all the lyrics. But yeah, these like little like guitar-y breakdowns feel so like mid to late nineties. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's just because of Oasis, and but it really it feels British to me. I don't know if that's fair or not, but it, it does. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like there were some of those little woohoos earlier that feel uh, obviously yeah. very blur. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm realizing that, like, this era, like, this time in the 90s is probably one of my biggest blind spots, because I'm trying to compare it to anything, and I'm, I can only think of, like, Mercy Playground. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is right, like, that's that right era. I actually want to look at what Spotify says the related artists are. That's, that's always interesting. interesting to me. Yeah. 
or is fans still around? So yeah, the the sad story is that like they were supposed to play on April first in LA, uh, and oh. that didn't happen. And that was oh. like their first tour in a very long time. Uh, sad. Yeah. Um, so it says fans of this band also like, and there's a lot of bands that I don't know. But then it's like Richard Ashcroft, Dubs, Blur, Ash, um, Hulk, uh, The Verve. So lots of other British bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say that like... I like the sound of... Go ahead. Yeah, I will say like, I felt like when, you know, M2 started, it was like a place where you would hear a lot of bands that like are still like not widely known, which was very cool. Yeah. Uh, like I remember, I think I bought this CD with uh, John Spencer Blues Explosion, which was another mm. uh, music video that I saw on M2. And it was like the first time going to like whatever, like uh, the wall in the mall. And uh, like the record store clerk, like kind of being like, oh, cool kid. Uh, I like these bands too. <laughs> oh, that's a really good feeling. I'm not sure I've ever had that reaction. <laughs> <laughs> I probably got, you're in college and you just bought Paul McCartney's latest solo album. (laughs) I like this track a lot. What's this one called? G-Song. What's the G stand for? Couldn't tell yet. It like might be in the key of G. Oh, that makes sense. Let me just check my perfect pitch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Ooh. Trippy breakdown. And then another classic mid-90s uh, guitar breakdown. <laughs> yeah. I think we might have had one on every song so far. Yeah. Uh, you said they haven't toured in a while. Have they been putting out albums this whole time? Uh, not super consistently. Uh, and I haven't followed them completely, but uh, this was definitely the first time they were touring in a very long time. Hmm. Man, I want to go to the show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is interesting at all, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's uh, my podcast. Uh, My first exposure to this band was uh, the band of Montreal covering them live and then me liking that song and going buying it on iTunes. The original. Oh, that's cool. I saw they were on the Clueless soundtrack in my scrolling. That makes perfect sense. Never seen it. Oh, bless. <laughs> I, for- oh, I can't. I also, for- Ramsey and I are also in a movie club. I don't remember if Clueless made the list, but I will add it if it's not. Come on, Ramsey. So this is, uh, this is another single. Okay. This one is Sun Hits the Sky. This sounds like the start to a movie or it, TV show. It does. 
Oh yeah, this is single material. <laughs> yeah, like I can see this being an intro to a show where like a kid is like getting ready for the day and going off yep. to school. Yeah. But like he's cool. Yeah, he's gonna skateboard there. Yeah. Did he just? The theme song to Did he just sing "I Am a Doctor"? Yes. <laughs> That's a, a turn in the song I wasn't expecting. <laughs> so, when you were into this, were did you have friends that were also into this, or was this a solo journey? This was pretty much a solo journey, uh, but, but it would be like a record that I would share with people and yeah. like, I'd say maybe like half of the people were into it. Um, okay. <laughs> not, a, not a bad number. Yeah. But yeah, it's weird. Like also when you, at that time I probably had like 20 CDs and this was one of them. Yeah, uh, no so totally. it's like whatever you have, like you listen to a ton. Right. Yeah, like your depth for the depth of how much you love that album is just much greater than it is now when it's just like a fucking Spotify thing. Yeah. I have this irrational fear now that I'll listen to an album and I'll like it and then I'll entirely just forget it exists. So I think I'm still like, I still hoard like making playlists, I think, for that reason. Because mm-hmm. I just think that there, I don't have a physical indicator of that music and so i think that it's just gonna go away in my head (laughs) i feel like that's definitely happened to me yeah i try to do now like if i if there's like a song or something where i'm like oh i had to like go back to this song and listen to it again because i was so into it i start writing i write those songs down where in like a like one spot where i'm like oh remember Mm. that you like this uh (laughs) so you can go back to it I uh I make a, a year long playlist for I mean, that too. type of song. But I also have a playlist that I call current rotation, which it, I'll just throw anything into that. But in order to make it into my yearly playlist, uh, it's got to be something like more. It's got to have legs, baby. <laughs> exactly. It's got to be single material. Yeah. And current rotation, I'll like clear out pretty regularly. Hmm. Oh, I also, I also have another playlist called File, which with the file emoji, that's songs that people send to me and they're like, you should listen to this or like albums. And I just put them in there until I've like listened to it or put it in another playlist. It's a very thorough process. Yeah, I'm no one's surprised at my little OCD about this shit. (laughs) I've also like, I was trying to think today, like I've had so many like hard drives and like music, like collections yeah. that like I feel like get winnowed where only like part of them get transferred to what I have like, yeah. uh, and I feel like there's stuff that I've just lost like there's one album that like I'm like I have no idea how I'm ever going to like find what that album was and I know like oh, wow. nothing about it except that I really liked it <laughs> did you hear that oh wait I think Ramsey you put it in your um uh, your newsletter. That album, or I'm sorry, did you, am I making this up? There was an episode of a podcast about 
this guy mm. trying to find the song that had been stuck in his head that he couldn't find anywhere. Yeah, that was on Reply All. Yeah. Very good. I could not remember which podcast it was on, but yeah, it was, a, it was literally just an episode about that, but it was a song and it was, it was very, it was a very good episode. Uh, I nagged my wife for probably two and a half weeks. You gotta listen to this episode. And then uh, she she finally did and was like, yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> I, I think I just blew it up too much. Yeah. I also really liked the one about who let the dogs out on that, too. I have not heard that one. Oh, you should go back and listen to it. It's good. This sounds particularly British to me. Mm-hmm. It's I don't argument. know why. Want to go out. Oh wow. <laughs> this is like kind of right in between Kinks and Beatles. Yeah, I think so. Which means I love it. <laughs> well it's interesting because like I put it in that slot a little bit in my own head. And then when you listen, and like, that's how I remember it. And then I listen to it, and I'm like, oh, this almost sounds more like a mid-90s rock band than the category I had it in. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, the rest of the album has sounded much more like all the other, like, rip-hop bands they would fit in with. But this song, I feel like, is an outlier. But this is where it was in your brain mental catalog. <laughs> yeah, like, a little bit more. And then you listen back, and it's like, oh, I bet if you recorded those songs with the same technology that they had back then, they would sound more like that. But because it's produced in the middle of the 90s, they sound like right. the middle of the 90s. Right. I, I only know the uh, woohoo song from Blur and then a bunch of Gorillaz songs. Is this similar to Blur? I cannot be your expert on that. Okay. Um, no, I mean Blur definitely, Blur does not sound like this for the record, but uh, I mean, probably the, you don't know any Blur songs? Mm, I don't think so. I mean, you know Song 2, which is the one that's like Yeah. That's, I think, also an outlier. Um, they sound pretty indie rock, I would say. I don't think they would use horns like this. I don't think they... I think they're much more straightforward. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I think they're just like a more straightforward indie band, how I would describe it. But yeah, like, Did you say the name of this one? Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, this one's called Going Out. Okay. But yeah, like, I feel like it's super interesting that this was like this peaked at like number two in the UK uh, and I'm sure it like peaked at nothing in the US but like you can have a totally big and separate career uh, and be like virtually unknown in the United States but that was still true like in the 90s yeah it's, I wonder if that's still true now I don't have like any good I mean, the last British band that broke through that I can think of is in One Direction because I'm 100 years old. Oh, away. right. Oh, no. <laughs> that was probably more recent than I was going to come up with. Uh, when we were... I, I was in France say, nine years ago now, uh, and I just became obsessed with ending every night watching their MTV 
Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Because uh, it was it was more of a mix of genres, uh, where there was there was some pop, there was some hip hop, but there was a lot more rock still in their rotation. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's Wait, I'm not sorry, particularly was it like American, or was it like uh, all different music? It was mostly French stuff, but there was a good amount of, like, more crossover than you would expect of, like, American stuff to pop in. And probably a couple British things I didn't know. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Whoa. We're getting I initially thought this was a recording issue. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this was a factor for either of you, but, like, how much do you, uh, either of you feel like your musical tastes were influenced by like what CDs you could get through like Columbia House or BMG? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think mine was pretty highly influenced by that until I got the internet. Yeah. I think for sure, because I definitely, I remember playing the game of like, I had both music clubs and then I'd cancel it and then I'd put it against each other and like try to get, you know, whatever albums I could for seven cents or whatever it was, because it's not like I had money, but... Um, right. So I would get whatever was popular. I also did a lot of the recording off the radio stuff. So it was still Mm. like, same thing, whatever was available. But then we, I feel like I got internet in like 10th grade, 11th grade. Mm -hmm. First of all, can you imagine how old I sound to someone (laughs) who's a now? Um, You obviously had a smartphone from age four, right? Yeah, I was mm-hmm. born with them. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, my nieces have iPod touches. They're five and six. Um, oh my God. Yeah, so as soon as I had the internet, though, I was down a fucking rabbit hole of other shit, though. It, that, like, wasn't popular immediately. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't even remember how that happened, but that's <laughs> the route I went as soon as I had internet, yeah, I was same. never a member of any of those clubs. Uh and we didn't get MTV, and I lived in a valley, so most <laughs> radio stations didn't come through. Yeah. Uh, so it was pretty much exclusively soundtracks for me that I could buy when I would go into the big city an hour away. Until the internet. I think, yeah, I, I guess think... TRL was also a big one for me, because that mm-hmm. wasn't just like purely pop top 40 like Blink-182 and Newfound Glory were all on Tierra but actually I probably had internet by that point too mm-hmm. I don't know I feel like the weird thing that internet did for me too was like it made me very open to listening to like all decades of music in a way that yeah. wasn't as before where it was like you almost like didn't care what decade it was from when you were downloading stuff oh totally Totally. You would just be like, I, well, I feel like I became very much a completist of like, I want this entire thing. That is one of the sad things I discovered looking through my like CDR collections where it was just like, so I got into like jazz guitarist Wes Montgomery and I decided I needed to burn uh, like the 18 CD uh, collection (laughs) of his complete recordings. (laughs) I've never listened to probably most of them. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and that was probably like $8 worth of CDRs, too. <laughs> I, 
I mean, I was doing my best to get those spindles at Best Buy. Oh, sure. Like, yeah, you know. gotta. <laughs> it's unaffordable to buy them individually. Yeah. <laughs> the frustration when you get a CDR write fail. Ugh. Oh my god. The worst. God. Uh, I am still very much a completist where yeah, I've, been listening, I've been listening to a lot of jazz lately like as I work because I can have access to music now, which is nice. Uh, and so I just listened to everything Dave Brubeck recorded and it turns out he did a lot of like religious arias late in life. <laughs> uh, and I eventually just had to like say, okay, I, I can't do any more choral compositions. Fair enough. So, like, I think this might have been a single, but this is, like, I think one of the reasons why I ended up liking this album so much was that it's, like, we're pretty deep into it, and I feel like you're still getting songs that could be a single. Hmm. Yeah, this does sound like it definitely could be a single. Yeah. And this is, like, track, like, nine, I think. The verses had kind of a Tom Petty feel, but not so much in the chorus. This this doesn't feel 90s to me, this feels 70s to me. Yeah. Yeah. And this may be more where it's like, again, like stored in my brain in terms of the sound. This is a definite summer song. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So, so far we've had a song about going to a party. Mm -hmm. There was a song literally called Going Out. Mm -hmm. Seemed kind of cruel during a quarantine nap. (laughs) A song about being a doctor. Uh, <laughs> oh, right. A very relatable experience for people. I, I was going to come back to this. He says, I'm a doctor, and then immediately follows up with, I'm going to be a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah. I, I want that information first. Yeah, I, I would love a doctor. <laughs> a doctor that's promising you that they will be a doctor. Maybe not now. <laughs> But in the near future, I'll finish my degree. <laughs> it all depends on what your uh, beliefs of time are. <laughs> Wait, I like that walking synth line. Interesting. I don't feel like this sounds yeah. like it's what we've heard thus far. Yeah, it's a little. And those backing vocals are maybe the most beatly you've gotten. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Matt. A little more what? Uh, like the vocal part there is like a little more abrasive than the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But still less abrasive than probably any other episode I've ever made. Ramsey, of course. 100% correct. I'm not easy. Don't try to please me, say. 
ever seen these guys live before? I haven't seen them live. Uh, and I don't, I don't know how many U.S. tours they did. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I was looking forward to seeing them live because it's like, you know, I know, I know this album really well, and then I know like singles from their other stuff. Um, and it's like, oh, I could in my head put together like probably like 70 to 80 minutes of a good show from this band hmm. that I that I would know. Right. Which is not always the case. It's like they're like I'm looking at like looking through CDs where I'm like, oh, I probably like three songs from this. And, <laughs> yeah. and it's like if I saw them live, I don't know what it would be like. Right. Yeah, I mean, as someone who goes to lots of shows with fans that I haven't uh, seen or listened to in a while, they're not all great. (laughs) (laughs) So, Ramsey, since you got all of your music, musical taste from soundtracks are lots of songs like very closely identified with movies for you yeah that's definitely true like uh there's a lot of songs where i will they've been around for decades before uh (laughs) the first example that came to mind was like uh iggy pop and the stooges lust for life (laughs) is associated with the Drew Carey show soundtrack to me. (laughs) (laughs) Probably the least cool place to discover Iggy Pop. I really want you to listen to the rest of that record now. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I I bet there's a lot on there that would not fit into a ABC sitcom. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I do have a lot of weird associations like that. Um, Thankfully, I... My musical taste did branch out from there. Mm-hmm. And then you start easing into the end of the record when you can kind of do uh, your weirder songs. Yeah, this is a, a jazzy sway. <laughs> Is that vocal filter there? I don't associate that with the 90s. That kind of echoey tubey sound. Yeah, I don't think so. Not so, as much. Yeah. Also, that could just be a side effect of recording remotely. <laughs> what I've just oh. described. Yeah, also fair. <laughs> I feel like, uh, well, this was also a time when I definitely, like, listened to every album all the way through when I would listen to something. Mm -hmm. Uh, And obviously, I feel like everybody does that a lot less now. Um, Oh, yeah. I mean, I still try to, at least when I'm getting into an album, but I do totally agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. But it is weird when I go back to... uh, kind of this these older albums that I listen to a lot, I feel obligated to listen to the whole thing in a way. Like, it feels wrong to just dip in. <laughs> That's sweet. Is it 
do you think it's because of like the nostalgia of how you used to listen to it or like are you do you feel like you're giving your full attention to the full output it feels like i ingested it as a whole thing so Mm -hmm. i kind of like like the parts that aren't even good because they're Mm -hmm. like smushed up against the the other good parts like I don't understand like some records as singles in the same way. It's like no, it's just like one thing. Yeah. Right. I have this, uh, and I do it pretty often, but I, I try not to. Like when a band releases a single before the album, and I'm excited for the album, I try not to listen to the single that much because I know it'll disrupt my love of the whole album. If that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, I still end up doing it all the time. <laughs> this is a very dorky thing I'm about to say, but um, this is kind of a weird artifact of like our generation and maybe the generation before us. Because like w- the Beatles, for example, a lot of their songs were just singles. And then they just like kind of round them all up and put them on an album. Like they were designed to be A-sides and B-sides. Interesting. Yeah. I'm trying to remember who I was just listening to that trying to go through their discography. I was like, oh God, this is like four, 40 different releases because it's all just a bunch of singles. Yeah, so it's weird. Like, you know, like Supergrass has songs that are like B-sides, um, but like I was never buying singles. Uh, I right. have no idea what that stuff is. There's like a weird holdover where bands were still putting out like singles and B-sides and then you may not hear those Besides, until like you got the internet, basically. Yeah. Or like that weird uh, German remix. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only released on a, one of those mini discs. <laughs> uh, this is the last song. This is definitely the weirdest song. Um, the title is perfect for this podcast. It's called Sometimes I'll Make You Sad. <laughs> That's some, uh, I'm getting some acapella college flashbacks for that <laughs> percussion. Like, this seems, like, very kind of, like, magical mystery tour-ish. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, circus music. Uh. <laughs> Something about the lead singer's voice here is reminding me vaguely of the band Super Tramp, but that also might be because it's a two-syllable band name that starts with a sir. <laughs> I just want to point out I do recognize it's three syllables (laughs) (laughs) it's fine I'll think of things that I said on this podcast four hours later and be like that was wrong (laughs) (laughs) well 20 people tweeted at us later yeah it's fine But yeah, like, even if this was not my favorite track, it was like, 
I'm going to listen to this because this is the full album. I'm going all the way through. <laughs> Was there any albums in your collection that had like a giant 10 minute outro that you would give that same respect to? Yeah, I was, I was pretty dedicated to it. Like <laughs> if, if I listen to the white album, I listen to all of revolution number nine. Like I'll, if I'm in for the whole thing, I'm in for the whole thing. I tip my cap. <laughs> I don't think I, would even make it through the whole outro on I Want You, She's So Heavy. Really? It, it's like, oh, I've, I've heard this riff already. I, I'm good. <laughs> but yeah, this must have been like right before my like full completist urge kicked in. Because it's like, I just have this one album. And like I didn't get the next one, uh, and you know I listened. I, I've listened to them since then, like on Spotify or whatever. But mm-hmm. it wasn't something where I was like, I need to complete this, you know, entire artist's catalog, which right. I did for a lot of artists. It's interesting. I feel like I wonder too, though, if it was just because some, you know, at that time, it's something that you can just come to in a bubble of like this one album without like having the exposure, you know, the immediate exposure of like what their entire catalog is. But I do think yeah, it I, is a different think, thing listening to music now. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's also a thing where it's like, Oh, if I went to the wall, like they weren't going to have Supergrass's first record there. Uh, so it's like, right. wasn't an option for me. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Um, interesting. Ramsey, what are your thoughts on this album? I really like this album, except for that last track. <laughs> <laughs> Very fair. Uh, yeah, it it was definitely of its time, but also doing something a bit more interesting with that. Uh, yeah. I think I, w- I would definitely be willing to explore more Supergrass than Matt has. <laughs> well, and you already <laughs> like that one song by them that's not even on this album. That is true. It's got a great piano intro. Recommended for listeners. I think you've made me listen to it before for some reason. Uh, I don't remember which episode it was, but, but it I was... Up, right? It came up, and I couldn't remember the name of the band, and then eventually I made you play it, because it yeah. ate up like 20 minutes of the show of me trying to remember <laughs> it. I remember. We had a guest. I remember. I don't remember what episode it was, though. Yeah. Uh, so, listeners of this podcast, you have apparently also heard that, if you've listened to everything. Um, yeah, this, I had no idea what to expect. I liked it overall. I don't think, for me, this is a band I'd go back to. Maybe it's some individual songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm a huge sellout. I would just listen to Oasis, but that's because that's already what I liked. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I always did like that, so it's not surprising. But Matt, how is this for you on re-listen? Like, have you listened to this recently? I've not listened to it recently. Um, yeah, and I think for me, it was like, oh, uh, the parts that I like, I still like, and then the parts where I'm coming back to, and I'm like, oh. This doesn't uh, wear as well uh, are all the parts that feel super 90s where I'm like, oh, this sounds like a little bit more generic than it was in my memory. Yeah. Interesting. We just upheld your half the people like it ratio. That's true. I think. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) I mean, 
didn't dislike it. Yeah. For the record. But I I don't think it's something I would go put on on my own. So I, I don't know if right. that counts. <laughs> to be fair, I, I feel like this would be, I mean, you tell me, Matt, as someone who's shown this to more people, mm-hmm. I feel like this is a band that would be hard for people to have a visceral, like, yuck reaction to. <laughs> Uh, I've definitely had, I had like, I have definitely had some people give that reaction and those, and for those people, I think it was like, oh, this is way too mainstream for me. And I only like, uh, like weird unlistenable stuff. And I'm like, "Eh, fair enough. Uh, (laughs) Right. Yeah. You're like, you're right. This has a tune. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, that's what I say on this show. Yeah. Oh no, I took random catchphrase. <laughs> um, cool. Well, thanks so much for bringing this. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me on the show. It was fun to listen to this and uh, talk with you guys about it. Amazing. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, on Twitter, like everybody else, uh, at Matt Muscoviak, just my name. Great. Ramsey, how I about w- you? Uh, you can find me at Ramsey E S S and Great. you'll get to everything there. Heather. Uh, at Heather Shea, S H A E. Um, you can find all of our podcast stuff at after, ugh, after <laughs> Uh Leave us a review, uh, suggest albums for us. Uh, Heather, true or false people should not leave us a review on iTunes. False. Leave a review. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> What else do you have going on? You're stuck at home. Leave a review. Oh, man. Yeah, leave several. Why not? No one's going to stop you. <laughs> can, can you leave more than one? Uh, make multiple iTunes accounts and then oh. do it. Okay, now we're promoting fraud. I don't know about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm always promoting fraud. Uh, I can't think of one other example, though, so never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. 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 Thank you. <laughs>